What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. My name is Matt Inslee, and I am joined, as almost always, by Dr. Yeah. Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, the raving fan this year of the reigning first place Texas Rangers. Hey, another week, another week, still in first place. Another good, week, good, good time to be alive. Good time to be alive. You're going to be so disappointed so soon. I've, I'm, I'm praying for your heart. You've been saying that for like four months now, Matt. You, every, every time, every week, it's been like, oh man, you know, well, by this time next week, you're going to be, you're going to be sad, you're going to be disappointed. Look, the highlight of y'all <laughs> is being able to hang a AL West champ thing on your building. So, uh, for us, we settle for nothing short of a World Series title. Y'all don't know what that is. So, Kyle, what are we talking about today? Um, well, this morning we're talking about um, a replant reality, something that you're going to deal with. Um, maybe not every single church, but but a lot of churches that we've encountered um, and, and a lot of conversations that we've had are pastors who, who will come and say, hey, um, you know, we had a business meeting and um, they, the attitude was that we didn't really care what scripture had to say. It was more, we have to do what the bylaws say. I testify. <laughs> have you been there, Matt? <laughs> I, well, so I don't, I don't think it was me, but I know that it was in one of those articles. I think we got it from uh, the Baptist Review. Uh, where I said, what's like the wildest thing somebody has said in a business meeting or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I did one of those listicles on Lifeway Pastors. And one of them was, I don't care what the Bible says. <laughs> what do yep. the bylaws say? Um, I remember that one. And uh, but but yeah, today we're talking about the Bible versus the bylaws. And we man, we should have invited Bart on this. He didn't have anything going on. Um <laughs> you know, just presidential duties. Uh, but, but yeah, we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, this is, as you said, a reality, uh, just about every church out there is going to have them, uh, whether they're in good shape or not, whether they have been updated since Moses was on earth or not, they, you probably got them. And, uh, and Hey, didn't we see somebody, uh, TBR that was wondering what to do because like the bylaws, the only copy apparently of the bylaws or something. Oh like, yeah. So it got, it got tossed. Yeah. And then something happened, man, that's bad. Uh, yeah. But I would use well, that and as so, a providential opportunity to start from. The, right. From right, right. Yeah. So, so on the front side of this, let, let hear, don't hear what we're not saying. And that is that you just need to completely scrap your bylaws altogether. Yes, that that is not what we're delete saying. Them. By, bylaws, no, that's not what deletes it. That just by, researches Yes. Bylaws are very important documents, legal documents, um, that explain how your church is organized. And, yeah. you know, God forbid, but if, if push ever comes to shove and you find yourself in a court of law, uh, the bylaws are the legal document that will be used um, to, to determine if you operated within those or not. And in fact, I even heard uh, one church where um, the, the judge was, was hearing like the way the church had been operated and he held up his, the bylaws 
laws. And he said, that's not what these say. Like you're, you're not operating according to your bylaws. And, and, and the response he got from the church was, well, we haven't used those in years. Like we, we haven't done that in years. <laughs> and the judge simply responded, well, today you do, yeah. because these are the documents that you have. So your bylaws are important, but they are not infallible inspired, <laughs> but believe it or not, there, there may be somebody in your, in your congregation who believes that they've been handed down by God himself, but they the really world, haven't been. Uh authorized version uh let me <laughs> you know, we're gonna poke fun a little bit as we make our way through this i'm sure so let me just tell you bylaws can save your hide at times yes as kyle touch, touched on with you know legal issues like you can run into a major problem if you don't follow them and somebody's upset and maybe can take you to court whatever it might be like you need to make and so that's one reason it's important to look at them often and and we're going to talk about maybe how soon or how quickly you need to change something. But man, there's sometimes that they just save your bacon. Um, yeah. I, I remembered a church that I serve uh, where we we had stipulated in our bylaws where uh, activities uh, or events that we participated in or uh, curriculum we were going to use would be Southern Baptist Convention. You know. Mm. Material, so yeah. you know, it was going to be Lifeway. It was going to be something that Lifeway published or or B and H that kind of deal. Uh, and same thing went for special events, women's conferences, men conferences, all of that kind of stuff. And so uh, there was a problematic uh, men's conference uh, that was near us that we had a few that really loved it, and uh, but it wasn't Southern Baptist, and it it would sometimes you preached at it a couple of times. It yeah. would have sometimes Southern Baptist in it. But then we would have some that believed like very strongly contrary to Southern Baptist doctrine yeah. and problematic things were shared. And so what we were able to do in that case, because of the bylaws and that sort of deal is, hey, you're aware of this. This is something you're obviously free to go to, but we're not going to, you know, charter a bus to right. go down to do this. Sure. Thing. You know, we're not going to take the van and make this an official thing because it's not something that we can endorse. It's not something that we yeah. want to be a part of. And so in that case, it freed us from certain events that maybe I needed an easy out because of particular yeah. gatekeepers that, you know, would potentially cause problems or other events that would be even worse, that kind of deal, uh, where it helped me there. And so sometimes, man, they can, man, they can save you. Other times they can give you some heartburn and, uh, you know, it's important to know, uh, in, in the front end, as you start digging into the history of your church and the, the reality is you start doing the demographic word and the SWOT analysis stuff and all of that good stuff. You yeah. also need to make sure you're reading the bylaws, one, so that you know what's in it and maybe some of the things that down the road you're going to need to talk about and maybe consider changing or leading away from. Maybe, um, you know, it, it says that you they only need like, I don't know, a 10 percent vote to fire you. Whatever. I mean, maybe they had a really bad pastor that they really wanted out. Who knows? Like, it would be helpful to know, like, what's the end game here? Like, do, do yeah. I just have to keep 51 percent of this church or 75 percent? Yeah. So it, sometimes it's just helpful to know that uh, we obviously a lot has been said about the Baptist faith and message lately. Uh, a lot of churches, because it's so difficult to update bylaws and so forth. They might even have the 2000 Faith and Message on the website. They might have the 2000 Faith and Message in the little tract, what we believe, you know, rotating thing that we had uh, at Mayhill. It was obviously what I affirm. 
But in our bylaws and everything, it still had the 63 because of the number of years it was going to take to change and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's just that was so low on the totem pole for me, bylaws in general. That was going to be kind of a five-year process for us that that wasn't day one. And so there's things like that that over time you need to look at. And so that's one reason that I appreciate this article from Bob uh, Bickford, your boss. And uh, so we got to make sure that – you know, we, we've actually read this and that we can understand what he had to say, because the first thing that he wants you to do is to read the bylaws and change them at the very first business meeting. Isn't that what his, uh, that is, his suggestion that is? is? That, that is false. That is absolutely false. not. Absolutely don't do this. Not. Don't do this. Like, you know, maybe, well, maybe if you don't have bylaws, step one might be, you know, now, now, now yes, but. Yes. But yeah, don't go now, in guns a blazing and hey, we're going to take bylaws on day now, one, giving me sole authority of this church yeah. and everything else. Uh, now, now, Matt, what you said is a half truth, uh, because I would say one of the first things you need to do is to read the bylaws. You, you need to be uh, as a pastor, you, you need to be familiar with what's in there um, so that I, I mean, listen, you you want to get off on the wrong foot really quickly. Um Violate the bylaws in your first business meeting. Like if you do that, <laughs> you, so you need to know what's going on. And and look, I, I'm willing to bet that there is probably, especially if you are fairly new in a church and you did not have a hand in writing the bylaws, there is something in there that's quirky. Yep. Um, I, I can almost guarantee it. Something in there that there's a reason for it. Yes. And there's probably something in there that you have never seen before. Um, so, so for instance, in, in, uh, the first church that I served, um, the bylaws stipulated that like when I went in view of a call, um, they did not take a vote that Sunday. They, they voted the next Sunday on that. Um, and so I went and preached in view of a call went great. And then I had a week to just go home and wait (laughs) and wonder like, like, is this, uh, you know, is, is, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Like what's, <laughs> if I, have I, you know, blown, like, cause I told, I mean, I told folks, look, I'm going in view of a call as pastor here. And then, you know, is that going to all fall apart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you need to know what the bylaws say. Um, but especially like, uh, and Bob talks about this later on too. You need to know what a quorum is for your uh, church, because it's likely in, in a lot of replant situations, what we're seeing is that the church has not officially had a quorum in like four or five years, um, according to the bylaws. And so, um, I mean, if push came to shove with the business that's been done in those years, could it be invalidated? You might not actually be the pastor. Yeah, that's, hey, listen, I mean, you get somebody with an ax to grind and I mean, you just, you need to be aware of that. And then if there's something that comes up like a quorum, um, so again, a quirky thing, I encountered one church that had a quorum was 10 families represented, not 10 people, yeah. 10 families represented. So you had a husband and wife that counted as one, right? Um, and so... Like that would be something if you encounter that early on and you're like, hey, I, I don't know that we have a quorum. That would be a really good time to contact someone in your association, someone at your state convention who who has some experience in those things and can help walk you through those on the front end. And so you can just say, look, we want to make sure that we are doing everything as close to by the book as possible. Um, again, not putting bylaws over scripture, but you want to make sure that 
that the, the decisions that you're making are in line with the defining documents that you have. Um, and, and again, you know, we're not going to say go in and change things immediately, but there may be some things that you have to set aside for a time. And as a church, you can do that. You can vote to, to set aside certain things of bylaws. Again, you need to check with state convention folks before you, <laughs> I would not recommend just doing that on a Wednesday. Hey, let's, let's vote to set aside the bylaws for right now. And we're going to do this thing. No, don't do that. Um, you, you want to make sure you have policies and procedures in place to handle that. Yeah, one one more fun one before we kind of dig in. We've kind of talked around it a little bit, but one one other one when you talk about kind of quirky stuff is uh, we had in the bylaws. Uh, I was a worship pastor at this church. We had in the bylaws that it had to be fifty fifty hymns and praise songs. Oh yeah, and uh, and so that you know that kind of tied my hands to a degree. Eventually, we were able to kind of change that, and I was like, look, over time. We're going to be 50-50, but I'm not going to sit there every single Sunday and be like, to him, to, you know, praise songs. Like, let's just, y'all work with me a little bit, everybody. You know, eventually I built that trust and so forth. Uh, another thing is, hey, if you have any questions about bylaws, just call Bart at 214-733-555. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. If you call that number, I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, but uh, but no. So let, let's dig into this a little bit because I promise you, when you get there, and maybe maybe even after a year or so, uh, you've got people in your church that know those better than you. Yep, absolutely. You know the Bible perhaps better than them, but they certainly know the bylaws and can trip you up if if they want to and if they feel yep. like they need to. Maybe things are changing a little too fast, whatever. Yep. They can be like, hold up, and they can tap the brakes a little bit, and and it's going to just kind of get you down into the, the muck and the mire, and, and so you don't want to do that. So step one, of course, we've talked about, you need to read them. You need to know them. And, and you may even start as you're doing that in terms of kind of a long range plan of saying, hey, these are some areas in the bylaws that I need to address. And I don't need to do that in my first business meeting, maybe even my 20th business meeting. But this is something that over time I'm going to need to address. One of those, like I said, could be that it still affirms the 1963 or, or maybe your church is really out of date. As like the 1925 25. or whatever. New that Hampshire. Yeah, you know. They yeah. Just... <laughs> uh, it's like the Westminster, or I guess it wouldn't be Westminster. But but anyway, you know, it's so out of date and you see that. Well, one thing that you can start doing is on Wednesday nights, start preaching through uh, the Baptist yeah. faith and message. Do a Bible study through it. This is why this exists. This is what it is. This is what we affirm as Southern Baptists. Yep. And uh, and so this is something that over time, you know, you could teach them that it actually exists in the first place and why it's there. And and maybe that's an easier on-ramp to changing the bylaws. Because now, you know, 20-something years later, it's not always going to be this huge, like, 63 versus the 2000. Yeah. At this point, it might just be, we never got around to it. So number one, read it, know it, maybe kind of look with an eye to say, what are going to be some of my problem areas now that yeah. I just need to be ready for? And what are some things that in the future I need to start uh, looking at? Uh, because those bylaws have been there long before you have. And yeah. so, so here we go. You need to understand them, he says. Know why a bylaw exists. If you see something in there that's not just, you know, a quorum is this or that or whatever, and you see just something that sticks out that you've never seen before, ask a few folks around. See, you know, maybe your secretary knows or or look through some old minutes when maybe it was affirmed. If you see uh, an amendment to it and you know when, you can go back and look at that a little bit. See maybe what was the, the discussion surrounding it. 
or talk to some kind of movers and shakers in the church and see uh, about that. If you see something that may be kind of slowing y'all down or just seems a little quirky, uh, but you need to know it. Uh, and, uh, and this goes back to the whole Baptist faith and message that I mentioned in general, but the church's discipleship culture, you need to change yeah. that. step one before you start worrying about all the bylaws and everything else, because as, as they start growing and maybe changing and they start understanding their role, your role, and all of those kinds of things in between, uh, maybe that decision-making process when it comes to the bylaws or seeing some of those changes that you know are there need to be there might be a little bit easier. Uh, and so what happens though, Kyle, when you face resistance, because you surely wouldn't face resistance <laughs> When you sought change yeah, in a church yeah. revitalization effort, <laughs> um, well, obviously, when you face resistance, you just bulldoze ahead, and yeah. uh, you know you you get 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 a pile of bodies behind the bus, right? That's that's that what you go with for a lot of <laughs> uh, no. So because of that. <laughs> so Bob Bob says, and this is really good. When you face resistance, choose peace. Um, now, at the, at the very end of the article, I'm going to jump ahead and, and spoil this because he says, what if you've already stepped in a landmine of just suggesting the bylaws be changed? Like, what if that's what if just bringing that up already brings you resistance? Well, in that case, choose peace, because here's the thing. Most of the time, I, I, I think I'm I think I can say this. Most of the time, issues with bylaws are not major theological issues. It's probably more of a preference thing. I'm not saying never that there may be something that's just theologically way off in, in the bylaws. I'm going to say that's much rarer than a, a new pastor looking at that and going, I don't like the way this operates. Or even people in the church saying, we don't like the way this operates. But, but as you mentioned, there's a reason that it's there. And if you as a new pastor step in month one, Gosh, I would say even year one and say, hey, we need to change this. Um, you're, you're probably not going to have the clout to be able to do that. So when you face resistance, even if it's year three, year four, and you're bringing this up, choose peace. Um, if, especially if the main issue is a matter of preference, if it affects the mission, Bob says, push forward, but do so citing the ways a ministry is being stymied rather than propelled, right? So, so you want to say, we need to change this because it's hindering us doing this. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, you know, you do that in steps. And so maybe you just change it. I mean, if, if, if it's such a big deal, you need to change just one thing in the bylaws. You typically, you can do that rather than saying, Hey, we're going to go through and revise the whole document. It might be that you have to do that over a period of time um, and start with the big things that will allow your mission to continue moving forward as, as the local church. Yep. Yeah, at the end of the day, ask yourself, is this a preference issue or, yep. or a mission or a scriptural issue? Is this something that we need to to address? And, and maybe how pressing uh, do I need to yep. uh, to press it? Like, there, there is a time to go all in. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and so you but <laughs> choose the right hill to die on. If uh, it's probably and, not a two to uh, him praise song, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Well, and and listen, even if it's even if it's, some, it's something you really don't like, and, and this is why if you're gonna if you're getting ready to go into a new position, it's a good idea for you to see the bylaws ahead of time if the church will allow you to do that. Um, because even if it's something pretty restricting, like I, I mean, let's just say that it's in the bylaws that you will only preach from the King James Version. Well, if you've accepted the position of that pastorate, 
you've agreed to that in, in a way. And so you can maybe change that eventually, but but the time to do that's not the first Sunday just to walk up there with your ESV or CSB or NASB and, and, and just say, you know, I'm going to preach out of this. You, you need to honor the, the way the church is organized as much as you can. Um, yeah. All right. Number, well, these aren't really numbered, but the next one that he talks about is gently. <laughs> yeah. Gently instruct the body that the Bible should always supersede the bylaws in congregational deliberations. And uh, so that's important. We've touched on that a little bit. You know, I don't care what the Bible says. I care about what the bylaws say, you know, or vice versa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah. this takes some gentleness, uh, some probably a whole lot of patience. Yeah. Uh, we talk about tactical patience too. Like yeah. let them see maybe over time what is in scripture um, versus this or, or that. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a necessary thing that you got to deal with. You know, you talked about the quorum thing. Hey, we have to have 10 families represented here, but our church only has nine. So we clearly need to address yeah. this somehow and say that our quorum would be seven people or something like that. Um, and, and maybe for a time, and then we can go back to that. Uh, let's have, see. have you ever been in a situation where you're like having to call people to show up so that you have a quorum? Uh, we, so we had one where we knew we needed to have it because it was like our budget one. And yeah. we knew that there were some that regularly came that were out of town and couldn't come. So yeah. we just kind of done the math and, uh, Mayhill was one that had, it was stipulated by families. I don't remember how many families it was, but it wasn't just people. Um, it might've been 10, 11, yeah. whatever it was. And uh, we knew just kind of at the math side of things, uh, we were going to be at about nine, yeah. maybe unless just somebody showed up that didn't normally come. So we did call a few, make sure they yeah. were there just so we could make sure that was going to be passed. Um, yeah. In the in, in first Alan McGordo, when I first got there, we would do our business meeting on Wednesday night, once a month. And uh, I remember one winter night, I mean, it was cold, it was dark. And uh, I think we, I think our quorum was ten people. We had seven, and so like we we like several of us got on the phone. Hey, can you just come up here for a minute? I mean, we had folks who didn't drive at night, and you know it was didn't want to get out in the cold. And so I think we we finally ended up. We might have had somebody that just like called in, so we might have like fibbed a little bit on that. But yeah. we, had, we had we had enough that we could we could make the the quorum work. Um, yeah, man, that's a big one. It really is. Uh, having to yeah. deal with quorums, is, yeah. Bob closes it out to to say, train the congregation to adopt the mindset of the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, 28. It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Note that the bylaws are fundamentally insufficient in their guidance for some decision. But a people of God, led by the Holy Spirit of God, uh, surrendered in in submission to the word of God, often are going to do the will of God. And, And so that's something that you just need to train to adopt that kind of a mindset. And, and you already touched on the whole, you've already messed up. You've already stepped in it. I get it. Apologize, call a truce and, and say, look, this is, this is something that I think is important, but for, for the sake of peace for a season, we, we have greater things that we need to be worrying about right now. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's work through this. Maybe even have a group that can talk through this a little bit. And, uh, and, and let's just put this way back on the back burner and get there later. And then he adds, I pray that calmer heads, uh, and patient loving hearts prevail. And, uh, so that's our hope too. And, and I think one, one of the things I don't know that we've talked about, but would be a good follow-up to this, uh, would, uh, 
possibly be kind of making business meetings uh, fun again. Um, not so much mm. that making them fun, uh, but where it's not just something that just those chosen few kind of come to check off, you know, this or that, but something that actually you excite the the every man, every woman in the pulpit in the uh, pew to want to come and be a part of and hear why you're doing what you're doing and making some of those decisions. So that I think there were a few things that we started doing, um, and and I think maybe we could get some feedback from other people. Um, just to see what yeah. are some ways just to make those just really stick and, and yeah, make it more than just something that's on the calendar that you have to do quarterly or monthly, yearly, whatever it is, and something that people look forward to. Um, you know, the intentionality, for example, that goes uh, behind the Lord's Supper, and we're not comparing a business meeting to the right. Lord's Supper, but, uh, you know, the the intentionality that goes to that, that people look forward to it, usually deacons wear their suits for that. I mean, it's just Something people look forward to, and, and it's a meaningful moment. Like somehow, a few little tweaks could maybe make the same thing happen for your business meetings. And it's not just a few gatekeepers that show up, but it's people that actually care about the church and are excited to be there and want to see and be a part of the future of that church. And speaking of the future, Kyle, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary provides theological education that includes both academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience. Wherever God calls, Southwestern Seminary will help you get there, even if it's changing your bylaws. And the best way to experience Southwestern is to attend their preview day on October 20th. You'll get to see firsthand all that Southwestern Seminary has to offer. And over your visit, you'll tour the campus, meet faculty, chat with students, and experience the unique campus community of Southwestern Seminary. And you can register today at swibbits.edu forward slash preview. Again, that is SWBTS. Kyle, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I'm excited about our uh, Make Business Meetings Great Again episode. It's going to be great. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so if if you're listening to this and you have some tips and tricks of things y'all have done that maybe worked or didn't work, like how to make them boring, how to ruin them, how to, <laughs> how to ruin them, either or uh, type thing. Uh, but if, if you've done something that's really increased the engagement there, maybe we could follow that with a prayer meeting one and uh, just good. hear what people are doing and seeing some traction and success. Uh, in trying to kind of make those matter because they do, they're important, yep. uh, and uh, and so let's let's see how we can maybe make them great again. Kyle, love it. I wish you all the best. You, not the Rangers. <laughs> until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as, as Kyle, the gospel you declare. The Rangers in first place. What's wrong with you people?